There we go. We are back again for another brand new episode of the Beautiful Mind Game podcast with myself, Hams from Friday Night Counterattack, and Millie Chandarana, uh, Blackburn Rovers football player at this time of speaking. We are perplexed by how we've got such an amazing guest on this podcast today because it's from a sport that we really don't know anything about. It's from an area that we've not really uh, understood as well from where he's playing at the same time. But the fact of the matter is this individual that we've got on the podcast today, Millie, is someone who we are really fascinated with. And we have to shout out Dan from DNR Nutrition for introducing uh, our, our next guest. So Millie, first of all, how are you doing tonight? And are you looking forward to hearing from this next guest? Because it's not very often when two of us have to learn about something brand new on the podcast as well. So this should be quite fun. Yeah, definitely, Hans. No, I'm, I'm good. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's another learning one, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. You could have you could have started it saying, yeah, we're professionals in this sport. We know everything about it. But yeah, it's true. It's we true. don't lie to this our guy audience. Can tell we, re- us we really don't lie to our audience. So if people are here listening. Oh, why have they got this kind of um, athlete on? It's because we are open to anything on this podcast that like yeah. everyone knows already, because we just want to learn about different mentalities, different mindsets, this different ways of training as well what they have to train and if you're already clicked on the title already for this episode's podcast you'll know that we've actually got an American footballer on the podcast today our very first and his name is Jacob Smiley so Jacob thank you very much for joining the podcast today how are you doing today sir I'm good thank you how about you we're very good I'm very good for myself Millie is very very good thank you very very good brilliant that's what I like to hear we're all in a good mood we're all smiling I don't worry. Oh that's God. the last time I used. That's the last. That's the last time I got it in. I needed to get it in just once and for all. We're done. We're, we're perfectly fine from it as well. But no, um, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast today. Um, we're just really happy that we got the time to speak to you this week, and really looking forward to learning more about your diet, the way that you train, and especially going from being a rugby player in England to becoming, at the time of speaking, an American football player in Poland. So that's something yeah. I'm really looking forward to out uh, to you today. But just for our listeners, Jacob, could you just introduce us to um, kind of your upbringing, how it kind of worked becoming a, a rugby league player in the area that you were brought up in and how that kind of started for you in, in your rugby league career? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Bradford and um, to be fair, at a young age, I had like different sports. I did like different sports, you know, as every kid would do. Yeah. And then at 17, I decided to take rugby like seriously. So I trained hard every day, um, made a lot of sacrifices and... Mm. Um, it was 70 when I started, so um, when I was about maybe 19 years old, I went over to Australia for about four weeks to train with a Sydney Roosters feeder team, Wyoming Roos. Fantastic. And then I got back into the UK. I started obviously playing like in academies, so I had a, a tryout at London Broncos, uh, even Featherstone and stuff like that, and then um, ended up signing with a team called Halifax Rugby League. And they're, they're and, in the rugby league as well, like the official rugby league, so yeah. they're a big team as well, which is yeah, nicely yeah, yeah. done. So then um, I ended up making my first team debut at the age of 20. Ooh. And then in that same age, I ended up making my international debut for Jamaica Rugby Union, the Rugby Union side. So um ended up doing that. So it all happened really fast. So what I had to do is I had to just like, because obviously I got into the game a bit late, I had to pick things up fast. Mm. Obviously train as twice as hard as everybody else and then just like discipline myself. So I don't really like, I don't really party. I don't really go out and drink and stuff like that. I just had to like obviously dedicate myself to same, my sport. Same, same. I don't yeah. go out and party because not because I don't get invited to parties. I just don't go out to parties because I want. You sure? But got to look after myself in that way. I don't drink um, because I would happily just drink water, which is perfectly fine. But my body yeah. isn't in anywhere near shape as yours, so I can't. I can't relate in that in that sense. Uh, <laughs> so we've got two of the three things similar there as well, which is good stuff. Yeah, definitely. definitely. 
but yeah, um, going back to it, like, um, so um, I made my debut at 20 and then ended up playing for numerous other teams. So I played for like Bradford Bowls before the COVID happened. Mm. And then after that, I ended up um, signing for Swinton. So mm. um, during that time, um, I ended up leaving to pursue like um, I had a tryout for the NFL so um, I was invited to the NFL International um, Combine so they picked like 43 of the best athletes around the world and I was the only person from like um, Yorkshire that was selected and like there, were, there was 12 UK athletes but the rest of them were from like the southern area so you know your London's you know around the area well they have so, a lot yeah. more American football presence right yeah um, yeah so. Yeah. yeah, definitely, hundred percent, and it's really big and big over there as well. I didn't realize until you actually, you know, when you're actually in it, like mm. the UK has got a lot of American football players, which who want to obviously like make a like living out of it, yeah. which I didn't realize until I was there. And then so there was twelve UK guys, about maybe twelve Germans, there were French, there were like Nigerians, Japanese players, there was like basically everyone around the world, and you had to do like a a combine, which is at Tottenham Stadium. Okay, so um, a combine consists of like a forty yard dash time. Uh, was this at their new stadium? Because you said it was after yeah. COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, it was at the new This was after in 2021. Yeah, October 2021. Brilliant. Yeah. So this was at the new stadium. So we did like a combine. You might have seen it on YouTube, but it consists of a 40-yard dash, broad jump, as many reps of 105 kilograms on the bench press. Sorry, 102.5 uh, vertical oh. jump. you got shuttle drills, and then you've got like your position-specific <laughs> stuff as well. So. That just sounds like torture to me. I'm sorry. You said 40-yard dash. I was like, oh, is that it? And I'm like, I'd be done after a 40-yard dash. I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> that's like a, an Ironman challenge, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. It's just, it's just, or just another like... day at work for you, isn't it, Jacob, I guess? <laughs> I find that stuff fun, to be fair. Like, I enjoy them sort of stuff. Like, that's the main reason why I'm, I made that switch to football as well, because, like, you can do a lot of, like, you can be a good athlete in that spot. And, like, the training that you do and the training I like to do it converts into that sport as well. Mm. What is the combine, Jacob? Like, what is it for? And is it only specific to American football? So basically, it was introduced um, in the NFL, basically for like college athletes. So what they do is they go to a place called Indianapolis. Um, it's a stadium like, where the Colts play. And they'll do like um, the 40-yard dash. They'll do the, the broad jump, the vertical jump. And that's just basically measurements. So they can see where, where the players are in, like, athletically compared to the players that they have in the NFL. And then what the scouts do is they'll say, for example, if someone ran a, a four, the fastest time, I think, was a 4.21, like the, 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 like the, the record in the NFL. So they'll be looking at like time. So normally for like a running back, for example, they'll be looking at maybe a 4.4, a 4.5, 4.5 seconds. For a wide receiver, they might be looking at a 4.3. So it basically just, it just puts you in like, like an area where like they can like narrow it down to the people that they want compared like, like in, in stats wise. And yeah. then with that, with that, they've got that. And then they've got the video footage of them playing for the college teams. And then they've got obviously like the interview. So you get interviewed by like a lot of coaches and stuff. And then they're going to ask you a lot of questions, see if you can remember it. Because a playbook like in football is massive. Like one playbook I've seen was like 150 pages and you had to like memorize everything that you do in there. Nice. So like they want they, they want they want you to like obviously mem- memorize things, be, like be a good athlete and obviously have a look at that game footage as well. Because that's, an important thing because you're going to be playing football at the end of the day. So there's different there's different things that they, they want to see from you. Yeah. Where did it come from? Like, I mean, you was in rugby, right? So where did it yeah. kind of come from? How did it start? So basically, it was just, it was just um, from like um, my games, really, because I was known for scoring a lot of like long-range tries and a lot of videos that I posted up of me sprinting and stuff like that. So it was just, it was just um, off the back of that, really. Brilliant. 
this is power crazy. of technology. Yeah, yeah. 100%. yeah it's, it's like you're, you're you're hyping yourself up whenever you're when you're when you're playing as well, rather for Jamaica and rugby league as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just before we go fully onto American football, because I really like the fact that you were telling us about how everything was stats based and stats measured in terms of every kind of metric was measured in those um, combine trials. Was that correct? Yeah, yeah. And you don't really get that in many other sports or um, parliaments, do you? No, that's crazy. Well, maybe like in basketball, the NBA have their own combine. I'm not 100% sure how that works. I know like, you know, like in rugby and football, you'll see like, you know, pre-season testing, but it's mm. not like, it's not as in-depth as like the NFL combine because I literally like, they look at milliseconds, they look at like your, your hands, like I got my hand size measured, you know, my, 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 my reach, you know, my height, like, proper accurately stuff like that really so to try and look at everything and like compare it to what the, the other athletes have in the league because at the end of the day it's a multi-billion pound company so they want to make sure they're hiring the best Millie I just want to relate this to you when you were kind of trialing out for Blackburn Rovers or when you were trialing out in Italy as well how was the scouting process for you how was the the last step before actually getting into the team for you was it anywhere as um, intrinsic as it was for Jacob in the NFL Combine I mean I don't think they measured my hand size or my foot size. <laughs> I don't think that was a measurement. Imagine. Um, it's, uh, honestly, it sounds very in-depth, but it sounds great. I mean, it sounds great. You want to know everything as an athlete, don't you? Yeah, um, But yeah, I guess in football, it's not really like that. I mean, it wasn't when I was younger, when I was trialling at teams. It's not really like that. It's just your on-pitch stuff. But saying that, I can see why they do it in the NFL. Like you said, it's a billion pound industry and I mean you have to have the top athletes right you all have to be fast you all have to be I don't know strong and tactical and all this and I guess they need to find the right people but yeah I mean it's it's interesting to see how it does compare because I don't even think in male football it goes that in depth from what I know anyway yeah. I don't think it goes that in depth so it's, try- it's trying to be but not in terms of like your gait, your running strides, not nowhere yeah. near like that. It's like it's like a level or two below in terms of depth, in terms of like normal stats, like passing accuracy, running yeah. times, heartbeat um, per second, that type of thing as well, like you would when you're wearing the vest. Yeah. Nothing in terms of like your body measurements, um, mm-hmm. things that you can't control, like your height, your weight, that type of things that you're no, yeah, you can control, but you can you kind of get what I mean. The, the yeah, biological yeah. side of things you don't really hear about in football. You'll hear about yeah. it in the NFL, like Jacob so kindly told us as well. In um, season, yes. I reckon they do it. In re- in season, you definitely do it. But definitely for trials and things like that, when a team doesn't really know you, it's not really common. Oh, we don't have combines. Like I literally did not know no. what it was until yeah. then. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I guess America's a little bit ahead because I find that really good. It's a good thing. Yeah, so, definitely. 100%. It's crazy that way as well because... I just want to run it back to rugby one more time because, again, you told yeah. us you represented Jamaica, your your home nation. Was it more like you're representing, like, are you actually from Jamaica or is it like uh, your mother's nation that you're representing? Then? No, it's my um, dad's grandparents that are um, Jamaican. So that's oh, how okay. I managed to get them. Yeah, that's how I managed to, like, um, play for the team. But, yeah, we played um, Bermuda. That was in 2019, I think. Hmm. It's like after COVID, the years, like, you just, just mumble. So I just can't, you can't remember what years they are. But you know I what it is? I get, I get the same thing as well. It's like I still forget that Una Emery isn't the manager of Arsenal after, like, two, three years of him being the manager of Arsenal, um, <laughs> Arsenal during fan. the COVID time as well. 
No, no, I'm not an Arsenal fan. I'm not an Arsenal fan. It's just because Arsenal are playing at the moment. I'm just kind of there, like, that's why it's in my mind. The first thing I can think of is <laughs> everything being jumbled together as well. Um, yeah. But no, I just wanted to know a bit more how, th- how that really felt, like playing for Jamaica, your home nation, or the nation you're representing, and yeah. really doing that in rugby, because that sounds fascinating to me, personally. Yeah, it was a really good experience, and it was good, obviously, because I think there was about 10 of us guys from the UK that was going, and then the rest were the local players. So mm. it was good trying to go over there and obviously help to develop the players as well, because obviously they're trying to grow the spot over there. So it was also it was good to obviously show them a few stuff and obviously like obviously be, be in the same team as well. And um, it was a really, really good time. And I think I was there for like four days, so yeah. it was a really good experience. Because I'm 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 a stickler for rugby, international rugby. So I do really enjoy watching international rugby, mostly when yeah. England are playing, and obviously uh, during the Six Nations and the World Cup. I don't really follow like domestic rugby, so I can kind of relate to how you mentioned going to Jamaica, trying to grow the sport as well, which is yeah. really good because we've seen over the years the likes of Georgia coming through, Japan doing really well at the World Cup tournaments yeah. as well, and um, Fiji and Tonga have always kind of been there like you'll, you'll never hear about them unless it's at the Rugby World Cup which is yeah. really really good as well so hopefully Jamaica can d- be doing something with, with their nation in the years to come as well maybe qualify yeah, for a, another tournament like that be really good yeah um, 100% so. now talk to me a bit more about how you've converted from playing rugby league to uh, American football like what position did you go from in rugby league to American football and what have you had to change? Because you mentioned before on the podcast that you were someone who was literally just obliterating defenders, running through from the back to the front as well to score a try. How did you go from what position you were in rugby to American football? Yes, yeah, so um, in rugby league, I was a winger. Okay. But then, like, certain traits that you have as a winger can, like, convert into American football. For example, in rugby league, Last tackle, you'll go to the backfield and catch a high kick. So in football, they have a special, there's something called special teams mm. where you've been designated a job to do. So you can have someone just to, as a kicker, you can have a punt or just someone just come on to kick the ball, literally. And um, I, I could be passed off as a punt or a kick returner, which I would say like is similar to what you get in rugby. Mm-hmm. And um, my main position in football would be a running back. Okay. So that's more like running off the quarterback and trying to find holes, or you can also run like shorter routes and stuff like that. So that consists of having like obviously good speed, good change of direction, having awareness of where the defenders are. And that's kind of similar to what you do in rugby as well. It's, it's very di- it's, it's different, but then some of the traits they have in rugby can be passed on to over, over into football. Yeah. No, that's fascinating to hear because I think Millie and I, when we knew that we were going to be talking to you, one of the questions that we was had we had was what was the mentality like in the change? I think, Millie, you had something similar that you wanted to ask, wasn't it, in terms of the change from yeah. rugby league to American football? What was it, Millie, again? Sorry. Definitely the same thing, yeah. What oh. was it like to transition from sports, basically? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was really hard. I'm not going to say it was easy because, like, it's, I think football is one of the hardest sports to learn in terms of, like, not even just the physical side of it, it's more of the mental side of it, like the playbooks, mm. Like in like in rugby, they have playbooks, but it's not as like in depth. So, for example, you could be having maybe ten pages in a rugby book. In football, you could be having over two hundred pages. Like you've got to learn how to read the defenders, read what like where they're looking, what gaps to run, what levels like because there's there's three different levels. Obviously, you've got your your line of scrimmage, then you've got your linebackers, then you've got your safeties. You've got to read that. You've got to basically do your own job because if you don't do your own job. The other teams, will, the other players will suffer on the team. And like, for example, I'm a running back, so 
the the the, the offensive line and the line of scrimmage, their their job is to try and protect me and the quarterback. So then, if they don't do that, that there's there's going to be problems really, like for us, like we won't be able to make the yards. The quarterback will struggle to throw the ball. So everybody has a role to play, and that's what I like about it. And how did you kind of make that decision to move? Was it an easy decision, or did you? Yeah, I don't know, did you struggle with it? Or did you? Yeah, or did you get inspired by a film that you saw, like uh, like that Adam Sandler film, Billy? Uh, what was it Happy Gilmore? Not Happy Gilmore, The Water Boy. Longest Yard as well. That's that's the sick film because every time the Super Bowl comes on for me, I'm always like the only American football I follow, and everyone here would know from now that the only American football I actually I honestly follow is just when you see them in films, Longest Yard, yeah. The Water Boy, Gridiron Gang, all of those. Every um, the what was it Draft Day with Kevin Costa? I thought that was a good film as well. Yeah, that's that's all I've known, and that's I think that's kind of like the gist in the UK as well that like we know American football from rather the Super Bowl that we see every February March time because it's on the BBC, or we just see it in films. So how did you get inspired by that? I know Millie asked the question, but I need to know because this is crazy. Because for me, I'm just there like oh, I was just another sport, but for you, you really got inspired by it. So I'm really happy to hear this. Yeah, so there's like there's another rugby player. He's called Christian Wade. Um, he went from um, Wasps in rugby union, and he's and he's at Buffalo Bills now. So, um, he's like a good mentor. So I obviously that's he's 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 been there. He's done it as well. So that's that's one player. There's um an English player who's always played football, but he's called Fao Barda. He's mm. from London, and now he's at the uh, Washington Commanders now. So there's numerous players that have done the transition, and obviously it's it's obviously um that's what that's what got me going because. Um, before before all of that, I didn't really know like there was like a pathway to get into there. Really, I just thought like if you don't go to college, you won't go in. But now, obviously, with the international player pathway, there's there's a chance for like a lot of international players to make that make that show into the NFL as an international player, and it's being proven because a lot of the, there's a lot of guys in in the league now, and it's growing. That's fantastic to hear. I know a Buffalo Bills player actually. Do you know Jordan Poyer? Jordan Poyer, yeah, yeah, I met him. And we're now BFFs. After oh, Millie, of course. Yeah. 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 So we met in we met in Miami. Um, and then he was like, Oh yeah, um, thank you for asking such good questions when I was talking to him as well. So we met in uh yeah. Miami. And it was, it was really nice talking to him as well because he was telling me something similar in terms of a lot of people look down on American football from outside of um outside of America because of how it's seen and perceived in media as opposed to how they actually watch the game. So that was something quite cool as well because in the UK, we get like the, the one thing that we were talking about with American football was the Super Bowl halftime show with Eminem, Dr. Dre, 50 yeah. Cent, which is crazy. But I'm just kind of there, like that's all I kind of saw from it as well. But because because of conversations like this, it really opens up a lot of our minds, especially my mind as well, in terms of how difficult it actually is to learn all of these oh, different stuff. Yeah, yeah, really. And I wanted to know a bit more about how you transitioned from being an American footballer in England and now you're playing in Eastern Europe. Is that correct, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm over here for like, a, I'm, well, I was playing in Poland for a few months, yeah. Mm. How did you so like that? Yeah, it was, it was a good experience, yeah. Like a good learning curve to discover, to get some game time and some experience. Um, to be honest with you, the leagues in Europe now are like growing. So there's a lot, there's a lot of players um, playing professional like football in Europe, and that's obviously one of the steps you can go through to obviously try and reach your goals of even making the Canadian Football League, the NFL, you know, stuff like that. So it's definitely a good league to be in if you want to obviously get yourself in those leagues. Fantastic. That's really. Why did you pick that um, that league, Jacob? Why did you pick Poland? Like, why did you pick it over England? I guess. 
oh well there's there's no professional team over in England at the minute oh really wow. yeah yeah so, yeah so there's there's the only there's, there's like the Polish league there's the German league there's a new league actually called the European League of Football which starts next month and then that's that's best collect you know when the Premier League was going to make the Super League with like all the giants and stuff like that Oh, that's, yeah. what done, that's what they've done in Europe, in Europe, American football now. So they've got like five German teams in this league, one Turkish, a Barcelona, you know, a Turkish team. So they're starting to grow it. So that's what I mean. It's growing in Europe and a lot of players are like, even the American guys are coming from college and dropping to the European leagues and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's slowly growing the game. Definitely. Yeah, it sounds like it's getting really big, actually. Yeah, definitely. Do you think it's going to, I don't know, do you think it's going to take off in England anytime soon or...? Yeah, I believe so. I think it's already have, but like, I think it already has. But like, like if you if you're not in that environment, you know yourself. Like for example, like now I'm out, out of the rugby environment. Like I don't really like. I haven't really like seen much of it. Like if I'm in, for example, if I'm in if I'm in Europe, I, I don't really have access to watch it. So if you're not in that football environment at the minute, you might not see it. But maybe down the line, you'll be able to like see it on TV. You know, as it starts to grow a bit more. But that's like yeah. every sport, really, isn't it? Like. 100% yeah definitely how do you think it's going to grow in Europe like obviously in America there's like you said there's billions of pounds oh, yeah. within it how do you think it's going to grow within Europe yeah but also in the UK I just think with this new ELF league I feel like there's going there's this three new teams next year so there's one in Italy one in Switzerland and then there's one in Hungary so hopefully there might be one in the UK but I, I really don't know but like the way they've planned it all out and stuff it seems like a very good format it seems very professional, so I definitely feel like the sport is going to get better from that league in itself. Brilliant. You've got a pick of countries then, haven't you, really? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So are you back from Poland now? Yeah, yeah, I'm back in the UK. Right. I've got a question. If you could pick any country to go and play American football in, where would you go and why? The States. The States. Okay, okay. Literally, <laughs> that's the easiest answer. Okay. American football, where do you want to play American football? <laughs> Let's go for second best. Second best, well, it's a tough one really. It is the Canadian Football League, which is the second highest league in the world, which I was draft eligible for there this year. Ooh. Um, I, yeah, I was draft eligible for that league. So there's, there's that, there's the XFL, which the Rock owns. And then there's a new league now called the USAFL. So the USFL, sorry. So, there's numerous professional leagues like which you can obviously earn a living off. So there's different options, but the end goal is the NFL, as that's the biggest league in the in the world. Mm. Brilliant. That's crazy. Um, you know, you mentioned draft just now. Can you just explain how that kind of works? So you said you were um, applicable for it, but is that a certain time of the year? Do you have to qualify and get all of your yeah. combine stats up and running for a certain time of the year? How does that kind of work? Just so we understand. So I was in. I was also invited to the CFL Global Combine in March okay. of this year. Yeah. yeah, so then they the picked about, I think, about 20 UK athletes for that. And then they had, they had a combine there, they had a combine in Finland, a combine in Japan and Brazil, and then they'll obviously round them all up and then they'll get all the combine scores together and then they'll have a global the global draft, which was, um, I think it was last month. Yeah. So that, that's how it pans out. It happens every year now. Like, I think it's been going on for maybe three years, the global combine. But if you so if you works. don't get drafted, does that mean you miss out forever? You can go back again next year and try yeah, again. So technically, technically, I'd be classed a free agent now, but there's always a chance of going next year as well. So, oh okay, yeah, yeah, that's really good to hear because it just means that if you've just tried for one year, say for example, worst case scenario, you get injured two weeks before the draft, 
no one's really seen you. They can't really see what's happened to you, but they know who you are. And they're like, you know what? Try again next year when you're coming back in. Yeah, definitely. It's happened before. Like one of my mates has done the same thing. So last year he was in the combine. Mm. He didn't get in. But then this year we signed in the CFL. So it's, it's, it's how it happens. You know what I mean? It happens like all the time, really. Oh, it's, just bad. It's, just, it's just how much work you put in. And, you know, like it's like any sport, really. If you put the work in, then you'll get the rewards. Simple yeah. as that. Definitely. Millie can relate to that as well. When you're putting in more effort and she's been telling us this year as well, she's put in a lot more effort since she's been back in England playing football. And you've yeah. noticed a big difference, haven't you, Millie, in terms of your performance on the pitch and off the pitch? Definitely. I think you can you can feel it in yourself. You can feel when you've, you've not put that 100% in and you can definitely feel it when you have put that 100% in. And Jacob, I can see with you and my loss, like you're an athlete that works. You work hard for what you want. And like you said, the transition to American football was hard, but I feel like, you know, you said you put a lot of work in, right? Yeah. How is kind of like, how would you describe like the athlete mentality and what kind of do you need to have that mentality and professionalism, I guess? Well, you've just got to like dedicate yourself to it. So like, if you've got a goal, you've got to obviously have your goal, have like your short-term goal, your medium, your medium goal and your long goal. And then like, just cut all the distractions and then just see what you need to do. Like plan out your days, you know, structurize your days and just obviously make sure you, you're not wasting that hour. You're not wasting that day. So if you've got like, if you've got a full day to yourself, make sure you're going to make sure you accomplish something in that day as opposed to just like doing it for the sake of it. So for example, if you just go to the gym and train legs, and you just go home, you're not really getting anything out of it. You've got to have mm-hmm. like a purpose of what you're doing and making sure that it helps you like improve yourself in that spot. Definitely, yeah. No, 100%. And I think we've said it quite a few times about the 1%. Yeah. Um, improving yourself by 1% every day, like in everything you do. Um, and I think that kind of like encapsulates the professionalism, the mindset you need, because it is a 24-7 thing, isn't it? To oh, be. It's it's I, all the time. It's non-stop. I'll be honest with you. I had really had a social life, you know. You know, from like building up to the combine, I have I didn't really have a social life. So I was literally like waking up, eating, going to train, going like doing my doing my like field sessions, going to the gym, eating again, going home, studying, going to bed. Like literally, that was with me for like the last the, the first three months of that preparation for the combine. Don't worry, yeah. that's been like me for like 24 years or so. So I've not had a social life for 24 <laughs> years or so. So we're, we're all good in that respect. But just like you said, a, life, a day in the life of you just sounds ridiculously crazy. Because again, even when you're not thinking about football, you have to prepare for football uh, with your diet. If you're not rather preparing for football, you're rather thinking about football with the playbooks that you have to learn for your team as well. And if you're not rather thinking about football, you're rather training for football as well, which you're rather yeah. obviously doing on the pitch or off the pitch as well, rather your strength conditioning training, um, however you're doing it with your American football drills as well. Yeah. Non-stop, really. It's, it's crazy. It's really fascinating to hear about how you have to dedicate literally your whole life because you see that a lot in terms of athletes that can kind of switch it on and off. But at this stage of your career, it's something where you've had to learn a whole new sport, a whole new discipline, a whole new way of living just to get to where you are as well. And it's ridiculously impressive. So fair play to you, Jacob, for how far you've gone so far as well. And there's only going to be more um, obstacles coming in your way that I'm sure that you'll just crush, literally just obliterate through them as well, which will be really good. But no, Jacob, I did want to ask you um, a couple more questions more about how you prepare for games, how do you have to kind of prepare a day or two before as well, and what kind of 
um, advice you can kind of give to like our listeners who are listening in terms of how they can prepare for their sports, like in terms of in like just general life, sleeping better, healthy eating, what kind of things work for you personally, Jacob? Yeah, for me, it's just all about like structurizing you like your day. So maybe like the day before a game, I have like it's just it's just basically like what you're comfortable with, like with your routine. So try not to change a lot of things. Just obviously like the way I see it is like every game, every game's like a, a final really, but it, you mm. just don't overthink things really. You just got to like just go with the flow really, and just like try and stay relaxed. Don't do anything that you wouldn't normally do, and then just like go into the game. You know what you, you know what you've been doing. Like you've been training for it for so long, so nothing should really surprise you because you've been ready for it for a while. So that's one advice I'd give to anybody. Like just to like just relax, stay, stay positive and then just don't like overthink things and don't like do anything like that you wouldn't normally do. And does that help? Does that help having the new normal as well? Because obviously going from a one sport in rugby to American football, you now have different normals in, in your life, yeah. Like your habits have changed over the last 12, uh, 24 months or so from what you did last year as well. And we've always talked about that as well. Like your, circle of who you're around changes every 12 months and it just depends in terms of how you're growing and how you're developing as well is that something relatable to you as well Jacob yeah I'd say now like in, in games I'm more relaxed in football I'm not sure why with rugby I was more trying to get like aggressive and angry and stuff like that mm. but like with this I'm more like just chilled out relaxed because it's more of like it's, it's very it's a very physical sport but then it requires you to think a lot because obviously I'm new to the sport so you still in the process of like thinking of what you're doing and stuff like that so now I'm more like relaxed like when I'm like ready to receive the ball I'm literally trying to scan the field seeing what gaps I need to run and stuff like that so I'm more like it's more of just a, a relaxed approach to, to things now but then obviously you need to still have that um, aggressiveness like when you're actually running the ball and stuff like that so it's just a mixture really definitely breaking the hard yards as you're going through as well which is really yeah. good um Millie I just wanted to ask you just to kind of compare your kind of journey when you went to Italy just like with Jacob who's been to Poland as well because both of you have lived abroad for playing your respective sports as well both of you have had to kind of adapt to new surroundings and new languages but Millie if you could just start us off with one thing that you took back from your journey when you went to Italy and you came back and Jacob if you can ask answer the same question after Millie's done it as well yeah. if you have the same kind of answers as well yeah um probably how to cook better <laughs> <laughs> definitely from Italy mm. um to be honest I mean that's literally it isn't it I took a lot of things from Italy and joking aside I did learn how to cook better mm. I learned the language I learned how to interact in a different language and with other people I learned how to interact in a foreign team a foreign environment and in a professional environment as well um so I guess without actually realizing learning a different language and being immersed in a different culture really it like I said it was difficult for me I've said it a lot of times Jacob but it was so difficult for me to go to a different country and learn the language when nobody spoke English yeah not one person maybe there was there was five of us that were foreign so it was great but past those five people there was barely anyone so it's very yeah. difficult but out of that kind of adversity I don't like to see it as adversity because it kind of helped me to grow even further it kind of pushed me on like I probably wouldn't have wouldn't be here sitting here now if I hadn't have had that experience in Italy do you know what I mean it's kind of a domino yeah. Uh, effect yeah, yeah. I don't know whether you're the same or 
Yeah, well, so like we had about, I think, six import plays. So we had two from the United States, one from Finland, one from Argentina, and then um, another English guy, actually. So it was it was quite good. But then, obviously, like you said as well, when you go into like training and stuff like that, there's, there's a few that can speak English and then the rest all speak Polish. So it was just like trying to like, you know, interact and trying to obviously like get used to the culture because it's a massive culture change. You can imagine England to Poland. And um, I did all the cooking myself. I I, I, I cooked all myself. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one good thing I can I can cook. So it was just it was just a lifesaver really because I'm not sure what I'd have done. But like, what is apart- the culture like in Poland? How is it different to England? It's very so so come so for example Easter Sunday the day before that I was walking outside of the um, the accommodation that we had and there was a lot of people walking out with like flowers and stuff and. I wasn't sure what was going on. Everybody was looking at me because I didn't have a flower. So I'm thinking, what's going on? So I went inside and then I was, I asked the guy, I said, like, what's happening? And they're saying, like, they said, like, um, all of them are going to the cemetery to obviously meet, like, see all the, like, the past relatives and stuff like that. So I think that's the tradition that they did um, the day before Easter Sunday. Wow, and, that's like, fascinating. Yeah, and then when Easter Sunday came and the Monday, literally everything was closed. Like, there were no shop that was open. Right. So they're, they're quite religious then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And like literally every store was shut. So stuff like that really, it was just to get used to because like you had to get your shopping like on the fr- the Thursday and the Friday, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. we just, just, yeah, just try to like get yourself around to that. But um, other things as well is like um, there's no Nando's to start with. <laughs> there's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's no Nando's. There's, um, there's a, few, a few things as well that um, I normally like going to, which I don't have there. So it's it in your home comforts type of thing as well. I guess. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, that's it, really. Yeah, and it's just, it's just about adapting to it, really. What Nando's do you have? Uh, depends. So if I'm actually training, I'll have like half a chicken with the spicy rice. But then if I'm having a bad meal, I'd, I'd go for the half a chicken, the wings, the chip, pepper chips, and then the garlic bread. Nice. Love a bit of garlic bread as well. What do you normally have? I used to I used to like the mash and I used to have the can't remember I think it was bus fly chicken oh, or yeah. chicken thighs but now I'm a vegetarian so oh, yeah. <laughs> I've not been to Nando's in quite a while. <laughs> I love the mash though for some reason nobody liked it but I no. love it. It's brilliant. Yeah. And what's the what's the food in Poland like? Did you ever eat it or like? I'll be honest with you, it's not my cup of tea. But nah, no, I literally cooked the whole time I was there. Like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What were the main differences in food? If we can ask that question, like, did you miss kind of like your your mum and dad's home comforts that type of thing as well? Did you seasoning. miss crazy seasoning? Yeah, seasoning. Seasoning, it's, it, <laughs> seasoning is crazy because so many people are like, oh yeah, I hate the taste of meat or I hate this or I hate that. But when you add a bit of seasoning on it, it's just different gravy. Literally, the term yeah, different gravy comes into effect because they're like, oh, I actually like this now because of the seasoning, but. It's like with Nando's, I'm of the unpopular opinion where I don't really mind Nando's, but I won't go out of my way to have a Nando's because when you have so many different season type of chicken, it's so nice. Or just different type of seasons on on your food as well. It's really, really nice. And you've got the variety of doing it. But me being me, I I don't mind a bit of extra sauce and hence why I'm not really recovered from football yesterday as well. (laughs) It's just just not been the one for me. But no, season is something that... um, 
can you still kind of have that or do you, is that part of your diet in moderation in, in moderation, moderation. You know, garlic you know stuff like that, like your natural seasoning and stuff like that and then mm. a little bit of like the the impact like i don't to be honest with you i don't really have a lot of like the powder season and it has to be like obviously your natural so your garlic your um your salty pepper um you know your chicken seasoning uh maggie cubes for example you know stuff like that so like it's just just something to have a better taste because there's no point having like you know just, just like food that doesn't taste them because then it's not it's not it's not nice for you really is it even when you're dieting like it's not nice if you if you really can't if you can't taste the food that you're having yeah exactly so kind of like you got to have that balance as well in our household we have more jerk chicken than we have like tandoori chicken or chicken tikka yeah. like indian type of chicken as well so yeah. we appreciate different varieties of chicken as well and the fact that you said you have it in moderation it just does remind me of our previous conversation with dan your yeah. nutritionist as well so he yeah. was saying something like that last week wasn't he Millie, in terms of how to um, enjoy what you're actually eating, where you don't end up hating yourself for eating it, but then mm-hmm. you're actually enjoying it in moderation at the same time, just like uh, Jacob just said as well. That was right, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something that I need to abide by this summer because every summer I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to be better at what I'm eating, but I'll have like seven different ice creams in seven different days. <laughs> I'm that kind of guy as well, which is the case. Um, but no, Jacob, I just wanted to ask you in terms of, other ways of kind of educating yourself in, in the sport as well. How did you kind of learn from different ways of playing as a linebacker role? Did you like watch loads of YouTube videos? Did you follow people on social media? I know you mentioned previously that you may have had Madden on uh, PlayStation as well, but what kind yeah. of things kind of worked for you in terms of learning away from like the restricted, the, the expected type of learning? Like, did you, do you kind of watch other players in your position in, in like yeah. the professional game stuff? How does that kind of work for you? So as a running back, really, you've just got to like look at like which other running backs are like in the league that are like your, your current build, your size, how you like similar similar styles to what you you are basically. So you look at that, mm. and like I'm quite fortunate to know a few running backs in the league as well. So obviously, I'm I obviously sometimes do like video review with them, and also um, just like as have in a, the have Polish a... league. Sorry, oh sorry, um, the the NFL. Oh, as as you do, you just know a couple of NFL running backers <laughs> as well. That's sick. That is. So they could literally just compare what you're doing to what they're doing and how they can actually give you advice whilst they're in season, right? That's okay for them to do. Yes. Yeah, so, so basically, it's not, it's not, it's not really like playbook or anything. It's more, it's more or less like um, what your footwork needs to be like, um, oh. what, like, what, what, like, how your stance needs to be. Do you know, simple stuff like that. Yeah. And like, if you're moving correctly towards the line, if you're hitting the line correctly, if you if you're not cutting back. Um, where, where, you, where you're placing your body just simple stuff like that really that like they can correct you on you know what I mean yeah. without obviously going into detail about like different because every every playbook in a team is different basically so every team you go to you can have different like scenarios and different like you know like things to do so in, you just got to like generalise everything so then you've got an idea and have that better IQ, better, better right football IQ so that that's that's the one thing that um that's good to start off with is learning the different like terminologies because when you go to a different team, for example, like uh, there's a route called a flat. A flat, if you go to San Francisco, for example, could be called something else. It could be called a zigzag, for example. It could be called a different word. So you've just got to know what that that general terminology is first, and then just be prepared to change it when you're at a different team and just be just have different names for it. That's incredible because again, it's just again learning outside of your own comfort zone as well to learn something else from different people in the league as well which is absolutely fantastic as well and um just before i pass it over to Millie, because i know she has a couple more questions before we wrap up the podcast as well i wanted to kind of know in terms of 
Um, just so you can compare it to other players in different positions on the American football team, just for our listeners, and mostly for me as well, because I'm still trying to figure out what kind of position is the most hardest to the most easiest to learn from a playbook. Because I know there's like several easiest. different positions. Yeah. So what would be, in, in your point of view, what's the easiest and what's the hardest position to kind of... Um, to be honest with you, I, I wouldn't really be able to tell you what easiest, but I know the hardest is the quarterback 100% because... He's like the general. He has to. He has to. He has to learn what coverage um, the defense is playing, yeah. what route, what routes the wide receivers are doing, what coverage like the, so what coverage defense is doing, what um, defensive front they're playing, where to throw the ball to obviously start to begin with, what everybody's doing, what my job is, what what like the defenders are blocking, every, everything really. So I said the quarterback is the hardest position, and. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think any position is easy in football. Like everybody's got like a hard job to do. So like even you go to the wide receivers, they've got to be beating the the um, cornerbacks. The cornerbacks have to stop them. They've got to read if they're coming inside, they're going outside, and what like coverages they're doing. So everything's just everybody's got their own job to play. Really, everything's kind of like nothing's really easy. If that makes sense. 100%. So I'd, I'd say I'd say I'd say like the quarterback is the most important role, but then. If if you don't have like if every if it basically if one person doesn't do their job, like something's gonna something's gonna mess up really. So everyone has to do their job equally. Is that more like a domino effect where literally like everything if everything goes well, everyone's going with you? But then yeah. if it's like a in another analogy, it's kind of like Jenga. So if one piece falls out, so one person's having a bad game, or they missed a catch, or they fumbled the ball, yeah. everything comes crashing down for everyone. Yeah, hundred percent. So like if I'm a running back, for example. And I'm running in the line, and the guy like doesn't block the defensive tackle right, and he hits me. That means we're losing yards, so then everybody's messed up really. So it's mm. stuff like that really. Or if I'm if I'm running a route outside and I hit that, and, and I like go in front of the wide receiver when he's trying to do his route, it messes up my route and it messes up his route, and the quarterback might end up getting sacked because of it. So there's different scenarios what I could really say that like where you have to just do your job and know your role. Definitely, no, that's really good to hear. Jacob, thank you very much for taking your time to talk to us about the mentality of, of literally going from rugby league. At, if I remember correctly, you started at, what, 18 years old, rugby in general, wasn't it? Yeah, 17. And then how old are you now? 23. So you've literally gone from two different sports at really high levels in six, seven years. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just ever... jump in there, guys? I've been yeah. dying to ask this question. Go for it. So... What made you kind of go for rugby at that young age? I mean, to be fair, you were 17, right? What yeah. made you kind of switch and be like, yeah, I want to be a professional now? Yeah, because like when I was younger, I used to play rugby like younger, but like I've only, I only started maybe at like six and then finished at about eight. And then obviously I've, I've tried football, I tried football, English football, martial arts, I've done different stuff. And then it just came to a point where obviously like I wanted to give it another go because I knew that I was a young, like when I was younger, I know it's not really like the same as being older and stuff, but I enjoyed it a lot. So I thought I wanted to give it another crack and then I just put everything into it. Because I, I, yeah, I, I'm shocked. Sorry, Mary, Karen, don't interrupt. I was going to say, usually, I don't know about American football or rugby, to be honest, but usually yeah. in football, even for the men's, they start around 10 years old. Or like yeah. even younger now, they start at like five years old and then yeah, they go yeah. through academies and academies and build up and up and up. But you yeah. kind of have these mixture of sports and then you suddenly realise, yeah, I want to be professional. And that's where you put the hard work in. And I can yeah. relate to that because I kind of did the same. I was a little bit older. Like I went professional when I was 22. 
I mean, that is, yeah, exactly. It's quite late. But yeah, I, had that, I had that solid year or two when I was literally working my hardest. So what I'm trying to say is kind of like, it's never too late, right? That's definitely. You just got to put the work in. And it is kind of, what made you switch? What kind of was the influence that made you think, yeah, I really want to go for it now? Quite funny you said that. It's, there was this YouTube-like program. It's called Progressive Soccer. I don't know why I ended up watching it, but um, it was just like, it was this guy literally talking about how old he is and like, age is no barrier, basically. And it just like, it was just one of those videos that you just sat and watched and you thought, yeah, like, he's right there, like, 100%. I can just put my, my like, full... I can just put everything into something and like obviously I'll get something out of it with hard work. And it just made me have that like fire and determination really. And I think I was about 17 when I saw that video. And ever since then, it just started like, you know, to to go like that really. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. It just shows when you work hard, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You weren't skinny, were you? You didn't just bulk up in like six months to become oh, a rugby no. pair or anything like that. Well, from what I can remember, I think at 17, I weighed at about 70 kilos, and now I'm currently 88 kilos. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you, so you've... A... Sorry, carry on. 18 kilos in that space of a time, I'd say. So it's, it's all right, I guess. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's all good in the end of the day, because look where we are now. It's literally just gone from rugby league, playing at Bradford Brawls as well, um, and then going into, the, obviously, the rugby league in, in America. In, in English rugby to then American football as well. And now, um, what's the plans now for the summer? Because you said you're back from Poland as well. You said you were looking at going for the draft next year in Canada. But what's the plan now in the meantime? How, how are we going to keep yourself busy, Jacob? Um, so, like, um, just, just, seeing what, just seeing what, obviously, like, um, where, where stuff leads me, really. Um, my end goal is obviously to go into the NFL. So whatever I can do to get there, that's what I'm going to do, really. So if it means playing another season in, in Europe, I could do that. Because obviously this, this ELF is starting in May. So even if there's a shot playing in there, just anything really that can get my get, get myself um, an opportunity with the international pathway, really. And you could easily go to, like you said, going to, was it Munich in Germany, going to Turkey if you need to, different parts of Europe as well, just to get yourself in there. And that will be something that, hopefully will be happening. And obviously, as you're a religious man, you've got all your faith in God as well to take you in the right path going forward as well, which I really respect going forward as well. Um, but no, just before we wrap up the podcast, Millie normally has some quick fire questions for us. And normally they're like well-prepared, they're well-versed. But because Millie's asked some really good questions already, I'm not sure what could be with the questions that she's asked already. So Millie, what have we got for our final questions of the podcast? Yeah, I slipped a few of them in just then. But I have one more. I have the last one I'm going to ask you. What are three traits or three improvements in yourself that American football has given you Ooh. since you've started playing it? So like just just able to like pick things up well sorry not not it's, that's not an improvement because I've always been able to but I mean like just in terms of learning a new sport and like going into depth with things re reading more into things and obviously analyzing it a bit analyzing it better because it's one of the most like structured sports I've ever seen really like so that's one thing secondly just obviously um, like um a, diff a different culture really so just getting used to a different culture obviously there's there's always a team in Europe and stuff like that. So there's like just just basically surrounding yourself with different sort of like cultures and stuff like that. And thirdly, just obviously just um just enjoying it really, just enjoying the process and like enjoying everything that you're doing in the sport and like just obviously giving thanks that you're able to obviously perform at a good level and just keep doing what you enjoy doing. 
Brilliant, brilliant points. Love it. Love every one of them. I mean, you made you made me emotional off that last question. That was a sick question, really, as well, like personal traits that you've developed as well over time as an American footballer. But um, Jacob, before we wrap up, wrap up the podcast, we normally ask our guests at the end of the podcast if they can recommend someone uh, who they could recommend as our next guest in the future to be on the Beautiful Mind Game podcast. So Dan recommended you to come on the podcast as well. And I know you mentioned that you knew a couple of NFL football players. So do you reckon any of them would be keen to come on to the Beautiful Mind Game podcast um, over the summer or whenever they are available um, for a conversation? Yeah, I could definitely ask them and see what they think of it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'll have to, yeah. And then there'll be like everything you spoke about, Jacob, you have to be a bit better with talking about American football with, with them as well <laughs> because they're professionals in the game as well. So um, that would be really good to hear as well. But Everyone, I just wanted to say thank you very much for your time today. Millie, thanks for asking such amazing questions as always. It's been brilliant to have you on as well. Jacob, I wish you every success in the future. Um, if you are free this summer and we three are available for an American football kickabout, by all means, you can see if you can get something going um, in Yorkshire. It'll be quite fun to learn how to kick an American football. I think it will have some good content with me trying to get a good kick from American football as well, which would be good fun. But Jacob, if you are free for that, we'll, we'll plan something, hopefully, if you're available to do that. Without, obviously, you playing it. I don't want you to get injured or anything before <laughs> anything like that as well. You can just watch Millie and I try and kick a ball really high between goals. <laughs> really badly as well. <laughs> just have to lean back, uh, which will be the good You never know. You could get called up as a kicker. You never know. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh God. My life will change just like that forever as well. Millions. Really... Oh, <laughs> you did be like that. Millie's, Millie's <laughs> career will change just like that. <laughs> Love that. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days it's been it's, it's been one of those but no uh, jacob thank you very much for your time today like i said every every success in the future um everyone thank you very much for listening this is one of our podcasts where we really didn't know much about american football we did as much research as we possibly could but it's great to actually hear someone who's actually involved in the game um as well everyone follow jacob we'll leave his social medias in the link below as well and support one of our own in the american football game as well so that's all i can say everyone thank you very much for listening take care and goodbye.